Hello and welcome to Bladespot. It's Monday, the 15th of August. My name's Ben. On the line is Andrew. How's it going, mate? I'm absolutely sound, mate. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I, we, we have a COVID-free household once again. Yeah. Everybody's uh, everybody's back to as as much as much full health as can be expected. I think so. Excellent news. Back to the lane on Wednesday then for your first game. I know. I keep I've, I keep sort of like uh, prefacing all those conversations with like, well, hopefully I'll be back at Bromley. I don't know why. I just yeah. I feel like something's <laughs> gonna gonna befall me, but yeah, fingers <laughs> crossed that it does not. Anyway. Uh, we've got a game from yesterday to talk about. I suppose we can bring, maybe talk very briefly about uh, the game that could not be seen on Thursday night against West Brom. Uh, if there's anything relevant from that we feel necessary to uh, to bring up. And we'll talk about Sunderland as well, that game on Wednesday night at Bromel Lane. But Riverside Stadium yesterday, a very entertaining 2 all draw with Middlesbrough, I thought. Um, yep. how did you uh, How did you see this one? Difficult to judge, I think, isn't it? Because I think there were some really encouraging signs. Um, I, I, can't, I still can't work out whether it's a good point or a bad point, really. I think on paper it's definitely a good point. But I felt so comfortable at 2-1. I was thinking, well, it looks, if anything, it looks like we'll, we'll get another one. I, they didn't do anything. And then, to be fair to them, as soon as they'd scored the second, it would. I would just like pray for full time after that. So mm. possibly a fair result. I actually thought we shaded it, but I might be being biased there. I think a draw was probably the right result. I mean, they had they had more shots than us. I think we only I only had four shots in the end. But uh, yeah. and Bottom alluded to this afterwards. Actually, like the amount of times we got into good positions and then didn't yeah. take the shot, he was he was clearly very frustrated with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I would definitely have been okay with a point beforehand. Um, but there is that lingering feeling of like you're two one up with ten minutes left, or it wasn't it nine minutes left. Probably mm. should have won from there, and yeah, gave, give away a bad goal. But then, as you say, they they smashed the post with a you know probably the clearest chance of the game. To be honest, after yeah, it went to all had a couple of half chances off corners as well, which I would sort of stood up going, no, no, just get you know blow your whistle and stuff. So I were happy when the full time whistle went, but at the same time, I were also disappointed that we couldn't hold on because obviously the goal was just rubbish to concede as mm. well. So yeah, I just think I just think the longer the game would have gone on. We'd have had more chance. I think Kadra probably would have come on for instance. We'll come on to that obviously in a bit, but I do think Kadra would probably come on, and I think we might have hit him on the break. But we conceded just enough time for them to have a late rally. Yeah, it feels like both Middlesbrough goals came out of nowhere, really, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're, and we'll obviously talk about them in a bit more detail. I think uh, overall, though, I'm, I'm sort of not to sort of skip to the end a little bit, but I'm I feel quite optimistic after watching that game, like. I haven't seen or heard much yet from United this season that makes me change my mind from our preseason prediction, which was um, mm-hmm. uh, fifth, I believe you had the same, didn't you? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Armand Odzic looks like a huge plus so far, and then the bench theoretically has much more game-changing potential than it had last season. Uh, excuse me, last season. If we actually go ahead and use it, so yeah, I think overall, like we're not quite got started yet, but four points from. Three pretty tough games, I'd say. Like, I think it's been a tough start, and I, I keep seeing a lot of sort of tweets, or not even tweets, but people on S two and stuff saying, "Oh, you know, this isn't good enough here, and we're going to fail with this." And why is McAtee and Kadra not getting on the pitch? And I'd have brought them on yesterday personally, but with three games in, yeah. <laughs> I know everyone sort of wants sort of to have this perfect start, but you look at all the other promotion people who are, are tip for promotion. There's only Watford above us. Mm. We've got more points than. We're West Brom, I think, or we're above West Brom. We're um, we're above 
Norwich, uh, Middlesbrough, or basically everyone else other than Watford, I think, who would tip to be at the top. So it's early days, it's, and I think four points from three is an absolutely fine, perfectly okay start. Yeah, I, I can I can see how we can get better, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I feel like we haven't been absolutely. that good yet, but our baseline is good enough to get four points out of three pretty difficult games. So I think Derek French today, I think it was, obviously he used to be physio on the basset, he said, you know, you don't really get going until 10 to 15 games. And I think that's... St- I remember that season when Man City were like mid-table after seven or eight games and then they barely lost. I'm not saying we're going to do that, but I think it's way too early to be saying, well, this isn't working or why haven't we done this? And you know what I mean? It's very, very early. And we're still... We are we are stable, which is why we've got to a better start than last season. We're not in the same position as Middlesbrough, for instance, where they're you know trying to bring new players and uh, get it straight into the team and stuff. But at the same time, the start of a season is always a bit up and down. Not many teams start with seven or eight, nine wins. Mm. Yeah, I, I, you said stable there, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good word to use actually. Which we, you know, we didn't have stability at the start of last season out of out of necessity. You know, we're trying to yeah. you're kind of trying to. Uh, either evolve or revolutionise the way we play. The season before that, when we got relegated, we obviously didn't have stability at all because we were playing mm. in completely unfamiliar conditions and uh, you know the O'Connell injury and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I feel I feel pretty good about our start to the season, to be honest. And um, yeah, throwing throwing away three points, if you like, or, or two points as it transpired, it's frustrating, but it doesn't sort of it doesn't damage my feelings towards this season very much. I, I think if you'd have said as the season kicked off, you lost to Watford 1-0, you beat Millwall 2-0, you drew a middle of a 2-2, you'd be like, mm, yeah, whatever. Yeah. 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 You wouldn't right. be like, oh, this is incredible, but you you wouldn't be disappointed. Yeah, exactly that. Um, I, as I said right at the start, I thought this was a really good game, actually. Um, it was. Especially in the conditions. I, I want to mention that before I forget. Obviously, yeah. it was, what, 30 degrees or something like that? And there were times where it slowed down massively, but I do think the pace were pretty high. You know, mm. two teams proper going at it. Uh, fairly similar styles in a way, but for, for obvious reasons. Yeah, indeed. Too hot for football, if we're being honest. Like, yeah. I, I think that's another thing. I'm kind of, I know it's the same conditions for both teams, obviously, but I'm kind of glad to just get... <laughs> on a personal level, I'm very glad to get through that heat wave because anything above 20 degrees, I just become an absolute mess, yeah. essentially, just com- complete wreck. So I can't imagine playing elite sport in it to be honest but i was boiling watching it, it was just like, <laughs> it's just like, it, this is going on it was a bit hot and bothered when it? it was a bit bad tempered i thought yeah and perhaps this is a point to mention uh andre mariner as well who uh became less of a story as the game went on i thought yeah um, that's, that's, yeah I, I thought this podcast was just gonna be me saying he's a cheat <laughs> but um i actually on the whole thought he refereed a lot of it quite well i thought he yeah. let low go which i really want to see yeah, yeah. Um, I was I was tentatively considering titling this podcast "The Crime of the Andre Mariner," but only about <laughs> ten people would get this. So, shout out to my football-loving literature students out there who have <laughs> to this podcast. Anyway, uh, in the first half, we had a goal disallowed for an own goal, I should say, disallowed for offside. Um, how 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 angry were you about that? I think that is offside. Okay, I, I've seen too. lots of people say. Um, how can it be outside? It's an own goal. That that's the, the rules. If your if your player is challenging for a ball, even if their player heads it in or tops it in or whatever, if you're seen to be challenging one of your players who, who's come from an offside position, that's offside. If he is offside from the free kick, it's very 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 tight. I have to admit, but there I have seen a still where it's just as Norwood stepping up to take it, and Egan is looks offside to me. 
Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Loads of people, as I said, saying, how can an own goal be offside? That, that's the rules. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was... I didn't think there was much doubt that Egan was in an offside position and then obviously it comes down to interpretation as to whether he's uh, interfering and affecting the defender that for, you know forces him to make the mistake and head it into his goal. But I thought it was offside. Like I, I think the correct decision was made there. I was very like you know cheesed off at the time. But yeah, I, I think that is the correct decision. What I don't think is the correct decision <laughs> is Norrington yeah. Davis getting uh, legged up in the box. It is just, to me, it's like... Just such a clear foul. I don't. I'm, yeah. I was at a total loss as to why this wasn't given. And the more I see it, the more. I was furious at half time. I was absolutely. I was furious at half time. I just sort of ran like it were almost like as if we'd lost because those <laughs> sort of decisions. Sort of you. You. The, I get I'm getting flashbacks to Bournemouth away mm. uh, last season, where obviously a lot of decisions. And I'm thinking we should have had a pen in that one. I think can't really remember now to be honest. But well, obviously they got a penalty uh, outside the area. Yeah. Yeah, one of the goals were offside or so anyway. And I was like, this is just going to go wrong now. And it's because of that referee and all this sort of <laughs> stuff. But look at it back. It's definitely a penalty. It does go down. It goes down badly, if that makes sense. I think that's fair to say. I think he's. He, he, he makes it look more like a dive than it is. If, but it is a pen. It's a, it's a clear pen. Yeah, I don't, know if I, I don't know if I agree with that first part, to be honest. I think he does. So it's. For stars, it's great play by Norton Davis, and I, I, full disclosure, I didn't think he had a very it good is. game, but I, I appear to be on a bit of an island on this. It seems like um, most people thought he had a really good I game. Thought he was easy. I thought he started, started appalling, like, um, mm. and then I think second half, he, what I were impressed with Norton Davis at is he's probably the most overlapping we've seen from a centre-half, or mm. getting forward than we have all season. So he was, of course, playing left centre-back again, because uh, Kieran Clark has a hamstring injury, I believe, um, so... Uh-huh. Which is unfortunate because it sounds like he had a very good game against Millwall, uh, and obviously is a, yeah, you know, is a natural left-sided centre back. But yeah, th- this was great play by Norton Davis. He, um, I think it's jo- is it, it's the right back, isn't it? It's Jones uh, that he, he takes on and, and beats. Uh, yeah, Jones. Yeah, penalty decision. Uh, yeah, non-decision. Yeah, great bit of play pushing forward. He goes past him, leaves him for dead essentially, and then I think he does the right thing. He knows that the challenge is coming from Jones, so he sort of. Like steadies himself for it essentially by leaning across him, and yeah, he gets taken out. I don't know how it wasn't given to be honest. We, I mean, you know, think back to like uh, you know Jed Spence going down under Norrington Davis's challenge actually uh, for Forest last season, for example. Mm. And yeah, yeah I just I don't know. I was, it is I, a pen. I was surprised. I was also surprised that Jack O'Connell half time said he didn't think it were a pen. Which to be fair, I don't know if you watched the, the post match view. I watched a little bit of it, and he was sort of laughing, saying maybe I need to see it again because everyone's saying saying it was a pen. So yeah, and as I pointed out to you, <laughs> Jack O'Connell was wearing a jumper yesterday in Sheffield, so I'm, yes. I'm not trusting his jump, uh, judgment on, on anything. To be honest, um, yeah. yeah. So just talking about like referees letting it go. This is one of the. I've actually watched a fair bit of football, I guess, over these first few weekends. Not as much United as I wanted to do, and I'm actually really into this. It's like referees just being yeah, like, eh, "It's fine, just get on with it." Like you, you yeah. have to work really hard to get a foul. It seems like, but I did, I did think this took it to the extreme of like, "Come on, he's he's in a great position. Why would he just? You can't just take someone's leg out, legs out." Yeah, it's you know, it wasn't a dive yeah. like because he gave a goal kick, but. Anyway, that was uh, that was annoying. Let's talk about something. I thought that was going to be the story, and I'm, I'm really, really happy it wasn't decided by that. <laughs> yeah, I thought he'd, I thought it actually because lost... I think it would have. Gone, I know people say, "Well, you get a pen, you win three two but I think the second half would have been very, very different if we'd have gone in two one on. Yeah, I think he did lose control a bit. Um, 
Mariner in the first half. I think half time came at a good time for him as yeah. well. Oh yeah, because yeah, the second yeah. half was a bit quieter. Um, didn't totally like our players uh, asking for yellow cards, to be honest. Um, but that was, I guess, this is what I mean about it being a bit of a bad-tempered, hot and bothered type game. Which, yeah, um, Wilder sort of having a go at Baldock, and I think I think that Bernie. We, uh, I didn't listen to it. Someone messaged me saying they listened to Radio Sheffield and met Bernie and Wilder having words uh, as well. So yeah, we're all a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like that sort of stuff, though. I think it all adds to it. Obviously, Eckingbottom got booked again. It did. <laughs> yeah, when, when, uh, when was the other game he got booked? Because that's his second one already, isn't it? It was first get the first game when he uh, felt the referee had stood in front of like great whatever when when they scored from basically. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. He'll have a he'll be getting a five five yellow card suspension at this rate by the end of September. I think, you did, I think I'm pretty sure we managed. I could be wrong. Here, so someone let me know if I'm wrong. I thought there were only three yellow cards you were allowed as a manager. Yeah, well, I mean, it probably should be. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I thought he was kind of losing control a bit, Mariner, but then half-time came at a good time for him, and uh, it settled down a bit after that, I thought. Um, we got off to a brilliant start with big Norwegian geezer, just a moment of uh, of sheer class, as as he tends to bring to the table these days. He's in a, a nice little run of goal-scoring form, isn't he? I mean, just yeah. thinking back to last season, I, I need to check, but I feel like he's got sort of, you know, maybe five or six goals in his last... 10 or 12 games, something like that? Yeah, something like that, yeah. This is a guy who, what, I think before the second half of this season had scored two, I think, for us. Well, I've not included the pen, sorry. Just, uh, I think with Tottenham at home, and then I think the other one with Preston at home when he come on as a sub. Ah, uh, yeah. Outside the penalties, I'm pretty sure that's the only ones he scored, I think. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I'm just looking now. So it's a, maybe it's slightly more than that. So going from the Middlesbrough game... <laughs> Uh, so he scored four goals in four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. He's got four in twelve to end last season. Then obviously he's got another mm. couple in three this season. So uh, that's fantastic for a midfielder. That it's <laughs> a lot better than all our other midfielders, to be honest. And, yeah, you pro that's not difficult, no, you, you prorate that over a season. He's going to get double figures, uh, assuming yeah. he's still here, of course. Uh, but yeah, just a... that, that replaces Gibbs White's goals tally that he gave us from midfield, mm-hmm. and you know we're all sort of obviously we've talked before about how we're going to replace Gibbs White. Argument to say that they're both here and dying and Berg. Yeah, potentially. Um, just a, a class goal, is it? I mean, nice bit of play to you know Fleck and Norwood in the build-up. Norwood passes it into Berger on the edge of the box, and he just takes it out a touch out of his feet, spins, fires it into the far corner. Delightful mm. goal. Really, really enjoyed that. And um, yeah, I, I, although we didn't have many more chances in the first half, the disallowed goal and penalty aside, I thought we were pretty comfortable right up until Middlesbrough um, equalised. And Yeah, this is what was so frustrating. I think both their goals, I'm not saying we dominated the game, but I think both their goals came when you thought we've settled this, you know, they're not doing anything. We've, we've, mm. we've got this in the bag. I think even at 1-0 in the first half, their fans were getting a bit restless, and we would break him really well. We didn't do the best. You know, they were one where Max Lowe were in a fantastic position and put an awful cross in where Sharp's in the box, and you think, ah. Oh. But I did feel like we were, you know, going to create chances. Then they, they equalised out of nowhere, and then just like in the second half, the next 15 minutes, they, they were the better side. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah, but uh, and Jai had a good break, didn't he, and Bogle? Uh, not Bogle. God, I wish it was Bogle. Uh, Bulldog, <laughs> Bulldog straight offside. With, she's just oh, upset. that was oh, I would oh. I, I, Do you want, can we? Can we just quickly talk Bulldog? Like 
I think you, I think you said this to me yesterday. Like, is you think he's our most frustrating player? Is he's the most frustrating footballer. I think I've not not no. That's 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 harsh. He's the most frustrating player in this particular team, just simply because he gets into so many good areas, mm. and he's just that little bit. And you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like he gets into fantastic areas. I love his defensive side. I love his work rate. Love him as a player. But there's just so many times, and that were a good example where he's offside. When he shouldn't be, and you just think, just oh, a little bit more thinking, and yeah, yeah, it's a little bit more finesse, a little bit more intelligence yeah. in attack. I know, but yeah, yeah. He, he was fine yesterday. It's just he was, and I'm not knocking him. It's just annoying because yeah. he gets into so many good positions, and then there were a couple in the second half where I think I sent you a picture of me with my head in my hands, like, and it's nothing against him. He weren't the worst <laughs> player or anything like that, but he's just like I say, he's a big part of all these openings that we make because of his running uh, off the ball for one to get into good positions. And he's also a big part of why we don't take those chances when we get into it. So. It comes from a place of love, doesn't it? The frustration yeah. comes from a place of love. But um, yeah, I'd rather have a, uh, you know, I'd rather have a wing back with, with that level of uh, getting in those positions as someone yeah. that's just, your, you know, your standard defender. Um, let's talk about the other wing back here quickly. Cause, uh, this is a, a phenomenal game, this from Max. Like, I've never, I, I can't really remember a, a game of two halves like this for one player. <laughs> First off, I would even say, I think I messaged you, said I were even tempted to go with four at the back just to get him off because I thought he was that bad. I really, really thought he were appalling in that first half. Everything he did defensively with the ball, I just thought, this, you know, what's happening? We can't carry on with him playing this bad. And then second off, he was probably our best player. <laughs> yeah, you're completely right on all counts. I mean, so after 30 minutes, uh, it was just after the drinks break. It might have been just after they equalised, actually, or, yeah. or the drinks break, whichever one came uh, came second. Um, he'd completed two out of nine passes, which was the lowest mm. on the pitch out of all players. Uh, won zero out of three duels and completed zero out of one dribble. And, of course, he lost the man, He lost his man for their equaliser. It was just, yeah. just comically bad. And I'm sat there going like... What does this guy bring to our team? Like, yeah. he's not even, he can't even be like not rubbish, if you know what I mean. Like, he, he can't even yeah. not harm us. And I then... think, for instance, when Bogle were having his bad spell uh, under Slav when we were playing as a threat right back, he didn't harm us. He wasn't very good at what, yeah. you know, as in a defensive sense, and he were a bit weak, and it, it obviously didn't suit in the way we were playing. But I never felt that I need, we needed to immediately take him off like I did with Max Lowe in that first half. Yeah, uh, yeah, he just uh, he fails to run with with Jones for um, for Borough's equaliser. It's quite a good bit of play from them, but yeah, it's, it's a total. Mm. He goes to the ball instead of following the man, basically, and yeah, Jones yeah. just squares it for Tuba Akpom, which is a good name. Did he used to play? Yeah, I've been meant to look this up all blooming day. I'm pretty sure he was going to. I'm pretty. Sh- Pretty sure that he wasn't due to it wasn't supposed to be in this middle of the team. I think while they were trying to get rid of him, uh, then obviously their signings so far have not come through. Mm. Uh, so they're not as quick as they wanted to. So he stayed because of that, and he's actually I think I think he's got three goals this season. Yeah, he might be right. So I didn't realise he was. Yeah, that's right. So he'd been uh, he's been on, he's yeah, been Arsenal. on loan everywhere, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, God, yeah. I had no idea he was a um, Arsenal player. It's bizarre. Mm. Five caps for England on 21s as well. But anyway, he, he taps that one in. Uh, Max Lowe, sorry, just to, to continue this thread. Um, yeah, as you said, just a, a really significant improvement in the second half at both ends of the pitch, I think. And suddenly, uh, yeah, made me think like, oh, here we go. Maybe this is the player that had Forest mm-hmm. fans so happy last season. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he had that. 
a good chance on the counter. Well, not a good chance, excuse me, a good shot on the counter attack. I thought his defensive work was really good, and um, yeah, he, he picked up. So uh, credit where it's due. He went from awful, awful to good. Defensive second half. Well, mm. I really, really did. And even going forward, he, there were a couple of times where he popped up in attacking positions, and I thought it were going to. I thought it were going to be Endai. It were, were running on. Obviously, the, the shot where great pass from Brewster in the second half, mm. first time pass, and I thought that were going to be Endai sort of running through. And fair play to Low getting up and down and cut it. It was obviously at an angle. It just went a little bit too wide for him, but you know, decent, decent effort. Yeah, decent, decent hit hits the target. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, yeah, I did. See, he, uh, he, he had. He won more tackles than any player on the pitch. Just talking statistically, um, seeing as I mentioned all those other ones, but yeah, it was that was total muck in the first half. I'm afraid. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't be like that ever again, please. If we maybe have... getting confidence that second, you know, maybe. I don't know what's up with Clark, and we are going to miss him because mm. obviously we uh, Jackie Long for out as well. Norton Davis, as you said, you you weren't that impressed with him. I think we're all right, but he's certainly not a centre half. I don't think. Not right now. Yeah, to be fair to him, he, he, you know, allowing for the fact he's out of position, he, he did a decent enough job, I thought. Um, but I, I just didn't, I didn't think he was as good as I've seen a lot of other people say. But that's fine. Everyone can have their opinion on that. You were probably right, and I was probably wrong. <laughs> There's more of you than me. Um, so yeah, well, well done, Max. Though. It was a good second half. Uh, let's talk subs here. You mentioned one of them already. Uh, Brewster comes on at halftime. Sharp started this game, I should say, which I yeah. think is his first start of the season, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, in yeah. the in the league anyway, um, did you start West in the Brom? as well? No, yeah. I didn't start from yeah. Okay, uh, Sharp was very clearly injured quite soon into the game. I thought. Yeah, did you notice yeah. that? Yeah, well, I messaged you, didn't I? Saying I think he's going to have to come off because mm. he was so so sluggish and slow and not the the, the bit that was sort of stood out is they were passing it around. They were a bit of a, a loose pass. Uh, across their back line and, and normally shot I don't want to say he should have got there but normally shot straight in you know put a tackling and he just sort of hobbled across and I'm thinking mm, I don't know why he stayed on to be completely honest no me neither um, and maybe this is another I think we're going to be a bit critical of Heckingbottom here aren't we I, I sense I that's so, in the yeah. air uh, with, a, with a general <laughs> a general game management and substitution decisions or yeah. non-decisions indeed Um yeah, the sharp one. Yeah, he definitely got injured, and Heckingbottom said this afterwards. That he'd, uh, I think he said he rolled his ankle. They're not sure what the problem is, but he said it's more sore because he he stayed on. Well, well don't leave him on. Then. You've got five I, subs. No, I, I, I would. I don't understand that. Obviously, this doesn't help. Heckingbottom doesn't help himself with obviously all the other injuries and stuff. And there's all these accusations going around about he's training him too hard or whatever's happening in conditioning. And this just adds more fuel to the fire for those sort of people because you think thinking, this guy's clearly in. I know you can run off injuries, but mm. he must have stayed on 15 minutes after at least. At least, yeah. Because yeah. he didn't come off yeah. till half-time. And I, he was I, he was visibly hobbling like probably 10 minutes before you messaged me saying, I think he's injured. Mm. Um, and he was a total non-factor sharp at that point because he was injured. Like I, I don't I don't understand why we didn't burn a substitution there. Um yeah, look, looking at the bench, it wasn't like we were short of attacking options. I know this is, you, this is the other thing I can sort of understand if it were the playoffs when we had no strikers. But yeah. you've got Bruce today, where you think of him at Bernie there. Two attacking midfielders, you could put Endai out front. Loads of options. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't know why we didn't do that sooner, but Bruce does come on at half time. Uh, and I was quite excited by this little cameo from him, to be mm. honest. I thought this was. I think you were one of our best outfield players, mm. Brewster. I thought it was excellent, yeah, just involved. I mean, he almost scored, you know, what, within like 30, 60 seconds of coming on where he yeah. gets uh, yeah. in on goal. And it's, 
I don't totally know what happens here, to be honest. It just sort of stops. I'm like, yeah. I thought I thought they called for offside at first because he was that sort of slower getting his shot off. But I presume Stefan's just sort of put him off enough to make him. I think he sort of runs in front of the ball mm. and has to turn and just gets a poor shot off. But three or four times in that second, I'll probably long more actually. And Duffy mentioned it on the commentary. He got in behind. The, mm. the, they really struggled with that little bit of pace in behind, which is obviously not something that Sharp offers you. And I don't know, two games I've seen him now this season, Brewster, obviously Millwall at home and then this one. Been really impressed with him as that sort of lone striker. He just needs a couple of goals now. Mm, but I think I, I feel much more, based on you know what little I've seen this season and mm. obviously just before he got injured as well, I feel much more confident that those goals are coming than I did yeah. uh, at any other point that he's played for us, to be honest, when he just looked a bit lost. Yeah, I thought his movement uh, was very promising for, you know, what could be a good season for him, to be honest. I just thought Him and Jai really excite me as a pair, to mm-hmm. be honest. Yep, sign me up. And, uh, yeah, he goes... He forces a really good save from uh, Stefan, right? The borough keeper? Yeah, Stephen? yeah. Brilliant uh, save. That. I thought that was up Jim jumping. <laughs> a lovely clipped sort of uh, through ball chip from Fleck. And, yeah. yeah, he does great, Bruce. So it's not... It's by no means an easy chance. And, yeah, no. Powers ahead of towards goal from about 15 I yards. I thought geez, that it was so far out, it had been a fantastic edit. It was a fantastic edit, just mm. a fantastic save as well. Yeah, yeah, good uh, good football all round. Um, as you said, he uh, he makes that just absolutely superb pass through to Max Lowe on the counter-attack. Mm. Um, so I think it was I think it was Ivan Tony for Brentford played that through yeah. ball against yeah. Man U first time. And yeah, this was right up there, to be honest, like just, just perfectly weighted first time from Brewster. And um, he's he's buzzing around for our second goal as well. He he doesn't have anything to do with it, but just watching it again, I was like, he's made a great run there, a great yeah, bit of movement. Yeah, and that puts his head up, yeah. Because at first I was thinking, well, there's no one in the area, but he actually does pull off and make a really good run. There's no one mm. on him. If Endai picks him out, obviously he scores. And uh, there was another one in the, as well where he sort of nearly robbed their player. Can you remember when they were passing it out? And he, he managed to get the tackle, but it just went straight through to the keeper. Oh, yeah, I do, yeah. Really, really impressed with him, to be fair. Well, but look, I'm not. he's not prime Brian Dean or anything like that. <laughs> but at the same time, compared to everything else that we've seen from him in, in the previous seasons, before Eckingbottom came in at least, he just looks a completely different player to me. Yeah, start. Uh, I really hope we can start churning out some ninety minutes starting on Wednesday. To be honest, yep. I want to see. I want to see ninety minutes of Brewster on uh, on Wednesday, or at yep. least you know at least a start and go deep into the game. Um, yeah. So the second goal. So we. I did feel like we were you know on top at this point. Like really, yeah. uh, I think we were you know winning the midfield battles. Middlesbrough were barely getting close to our area. To be honest, bar a mm. couple of set pieces. Well, I can't even really remember too many of them, really. Um, I think a couple of catches from Wes, but I, I felt the same as you. I felt if anyone's going to score, it's going to be... I were actually getting to the point where we were getting into that many good positions that I thought, this is going to bite us if we don't take one of them. And as soon as I started thinking that, we scored. So. Yeah, and uh, a really nice, nicely worked move from a from a throw-in. Um, massive credit to Norwood for this pass. Like, yeah. Just, you know, sort of a bouncing ball, like flicks it with the outside of his foot through to Njai and... I think also in Jai here, I don't think he had like a great game by any means. He was quite um, peripheral, I thought, like a few good moments, but generally yeah. wasn't that involved. But just underlines his value to the team, I think, with just that quick turn and then a ball across the box, which obviously isn't near Brewster, but uh, fortunately Ryan Giles thinks that Brewster's probably there and smashes it into his own net. I told you, you Giles play, uh... was good. 
Did you ever play football, champ? Uh, arcade game where they used to have a super shot when it broke an air. That's what it reminded me of. Super sharp. Was he blasting it that hard into his own net? It was a brilliant finish. It was. <laughs> keeping a step of being in his own goal that they've gone past him. So absolutely would. Yeah, he completely <laughs> wellied it in. It was a a slightly baffling <laughs> call when you just sort of you know take it out of context, I suppose. But yeah, absolute massive credit to Norwood and um, and then Jai for. That little bit of you know, yeah. quick thinking, quick movement, quick execution, and yeah, we go two one up, and we stay two one up for a period of time, and then we make another sub, and it's that man. Times. It's yeah. that man coming on, Ollie McBurney. He comes on to see the game out, and barely a minute later, Middlesbrough <laughs> have equalised. Is of... it off that? It's off that free kick, I think, isn't it? He's on for a little bit before they score. I'm is sure he, he is. Oh, I must have yeah, misremembered that. But but not but he, not much more. Like probably thir- as in he wasn't brought on because they had a set piece. He, he, no, he I, people saying why did they bring him on? I think he, they brought him on for a defensive reason, which is not great for a striker. But I do think it would be because they thought last ten minutes they're gonna you know they're obviously gonna go for it, go for an equaliser. They're gonna put high balls in because that's that's pretty much all they were doing in that second half. He's putting crosses in and free kicks and stuff, and we were dealing with them. And then he comes on. I don't. I don't know if it's his fault for the goal. I don't think lot, it is. But... No, I think a lot of people point in at him because it's easy to do that. I think he's the spare man. To and he misses the head. It's not a great. You know, he, he doesn't cover himself in glory. I think Egan's probably more to blame because he loses the initial header. Um, and then I think it's Anel who leaves his man. I could it be is. wrong with this. No, no, I, th- I think he's spot on. This is how I saw it. Yeah, Almadotic uh, doesn't go with his man. Um, I don't have no idea why, and that just leaves a, a free header for for Akpom. Um, yeah, I, I think McBurney is because we do this all the time. We have a guy who's basically just yeah, he's not marking anyone. He's just there to yeah. attack the ball, um, and that's what he normally does, McBurney. That's yeah. his normal role. He never man marks. Exactly. Yeah, we used to do it with Leon Clark. Uh, McGoldrick used to do it a bit as well. Um, McBurney's yeah. done it pretty much his entire time here. Uh, he doesn't do it well here. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't no. defend the ball, um, so he, he doesn't fulfil his role. But I don't think the goal's directly his problem. Uh, excuse me, his fault. It's yeah. just I don't like bringing McBurney on there for for several reasons. <laughs> like not forget the fact he hasn't scored in like almost. A, <laughs> I'm about to say number one footballer ability. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of it. This guy's yeah. not played like. When was the last time he played? Was it Reading uh, at home? Ooh, no, I want to know. Oh, were it Reading when he got to call? Yeah, we're Reading, weren't it? I think we're it Redding, was, right? yeah. Which was like what? I mean, there must be like March or something, May, uh, April at latest. He, he's played yeah. one under twenty ones game the other day. I don't know how long he actually played in that one. And then he's the first, essentially the first choice to bring on. I know Brewster came on earlier, but that was injury based on it at that point. Yeah, yeah. I saw, so I, I sort of see the logic. I can see why Heckingbottom brought him on because of those defensive heading ability which he is good at to be fair so yeah. I sort of see why Heckingbottom did it but I also don't like I don't like it I just no, it, so it doesn't work I, and, and, and he's a... so limited at the moment he's you can't I just refuse to accept that he's fit enough to actually play for even 15 minutes as it was at that point I mean he was hobbling not hobbling excuse me he was like jogging back after losing yeah. the ball just no no positive effect on the game at all it, it I don't. I don't believe it works. I would rather have had someone who is better at football. Frankly, come on at that point and just just let your defenders defend. That's, Let's that's, pose a threat on the counter attack. 
you've nicked my line there. I was going to say the defenders are there to defend, and I understand you bring a big man on at the end, maybe two, three minutes to go, to to clear a corner if if that happens. But to bring him on with ten minutes to go, when we were in the ascendancy, by the way, Middlesbrough done nothing mm. up, up until this point. After we scored, they barely threatened, and it changed the shape of the team and everything because he was doing the end eye roll where he's dropping deep and. Like you said, he didn't look anywhere near fit enough for a start. And he's not that good at that role. I'd much rather have seen... I've not seen Kadra and McAtee. I keep people hearing people say, oh, our best players and blah, blah. I don't know. They might be rubbish. I don't know. I've not, I've not seen him play for us. But, but you have seen McBurney play for us. Exactly that. Exactly <laughs> that. But I do know what I was going to expect. From, I know what McBurney were going to do. And that's not to say that he won't have a good season. I don't think he will. But... You know, playing him as a central striker might work, linking up with these, you know, more attacking-minded players. But playing him as we did, I, I don't understand why you do that above someone like Kadra or, or McAtee or even Doyle. Yeah, give give the other team something to worry about in that situation. And and this is just tying into a general uh, point, I think. Um, our away approach, uh, I do think it needs to be better. I thought we were good yesterday, to be honest, mm. but... I believe we still only had four shots in the game. Uh, yeah, for all that sort of getting into good positions and stuff, we've got to be more decisive with the ball in, in yeah. like the final third, I guess. And- I enjoyed the setup in the sense that we obviously started really well, uh, got the goal. But even at one-one, we we played once we'd settled down after they scored their first goal. I felt we started attacking again, and I was like, "This is what I want to see away from home." But then as soon as it went to two-two. And I know they've got the momentum behind them. I think Wilder's gene the crowd up and stuff like that. I understand you, you want to get out with a point and I were happy with it at the end. But I don't think we did anything in that last 10 minutes. Or so. I, I can't think of any time we even got near the area. No, just just hung on, basically. I want to, yeah. see, I want to see the aggression of QPR away and uh, the yeah. Forest playoff second leg, which I know is cherry-picking, like, arguably our two best away performances of the season. Um, they just happened to come near the end of the season. But I think if we... I think, you know, draw away, win at home, you're going to get in the playoffs. But I think if we actually want to get in the top two, we have to be more aggressive away. Um, and Hecky Bottom has to be more aggressive away. It's going to come, It's going to be a massive talking point soon, I think. if, if mm. this, is, this is not a bad result. And we scored two goals away from home. That's fine against a team that's at least going to be top ten. I, I, I think once, if we start going away to, I don't know, Coventry or Sunderland or... Decent sides who are probably not going to be top six, even though I've tipped on one to go up, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and and we play in the negative way that we saw against Watford and we've seen against Millwall and Stoke in, in last season. Massive questions are going to be start being asked, and rightly so, I think. Yeah, it's it's weird because I don't. It's not like we play defensively. It's just we. I think we just drift through games without doing anything. That's like, it. You know, it's without... safe. It's like right, let's just keep it safe. Yeah, and then we'll concede. <laughs> Yeah. And then we might have a bit of a go with like three minutes, you know, for five, two or three minutes like we did against Watford or whatever, not score, and then just going to, oh, close game. I don't know. I don't like the away away approach. Like I said, when I'm, the QPR and Forest ones, I've seen arguments say that they're different games because we had to win both mm. of them. Obviously, Forest were already 1-0 down at half-time, so we had to, what, what's the point of not going to attack? QPR, we had to win that game. I just think that he's so safe away from home, and I... I did come into this. I, I've got to admit, I expected us to lose this one, probably one 0 against Middlesbrough, because I expected the same away performances that we have been putting in, and it was an improvement. Mm-hmm. I have to say, it was an improvement, but I still want more. I don't want to see McBurney coming on just to defend corners when we're two one up. Yeah, I want I, to see Kadro or McAtee, you know, breaking. 
and having a bit of space where they, they should be able to shine. Yeah, absolutely. And and this is why it's kind of baffling uh, listening to Heckingbottom afterwards when he said, like, you know, we had Kadra ready to come on for, mm. I think for Bruce, he said Bruce got a bit of a knock, didn't he? Um, and, and he was saying, you know, I'd <laughs> say again, sorry. I said, oh, great. That's yeah. the But yeah, no, I think he was all right. I think he was just hobbling a little bit. And then he said, no, I'm all right to stay on. But um, yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, I do know which one you're on about. Yeah. And uh, Heckebottom was saying, you know, I fancy, I fancy Kadra in a one on one against Lenehan. You know, I thought, well, we're going to bring him on for some pace and, you know, get some space on the counter attack. And I'm like, exactly. Like, yeah. So why didn't you do it? You don't need to wait for somebody to get injured. It's not well. Once McBurney came on at all, they were putting crosses in. They hit the post. They had, you know, two corners. Didn't you? They had a hard chances where Fondergum tipped one over and another one just gone wide. Mm. Absolutely no benefit to bringing McBurney on at all in that game. But I imagine the reason he came on for a defensive reason, and that certainly didn't work. So I don't think he won a single header. He missed another one from one of those set pieces as well. Like, it just went over yeah. his head and... Um... It might have been Lenehan actually edited it wide. And I'm not um, going on about Burnaby. He's not the reason that it were 2 2 because we could have took chances before he came on. And it's not, let's all have a go on McBurney. There, there, were, there were other reasons. And I'm not blaming McBurney, really. I'm blaming the, the decision to bring him on in the first place to yeah. do a job that defenders are supposed to do. Bring Kyron Gordon on if you're that bothered. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I don't I don't feel, uh, yeah, I, I feel like I've been justifiably critical of McBurney plenty of times. This isn't one where I've come out of the game being like, flipping McBurney, like you've yeah. ruined it again. It's just, don't use don't use him in that situation. I don't want to see us do that again. I don't yeah. understand why we only made two substitutions in 30 degree heat. Like, riddle me that I, one. I don't understand that. I do not understand that. I, I, I gobsmacked when, because I said to you, we only, made, we only made three subs. And you were like, it was two. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> one was because worse, of an injury. Yeah. And one because of an injury, yeah. I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand it. Um, I'm not going to go in Ekin Bottom, obviously, because he's been absolutely fantastic. But there's a reason we do a podcast, isn't it? To, to discuss mm. and give our opinions on things. And that's something I can't understand what we were doing. Bringing McBurney on and only making two subs. Look, I'm not saying we would have won the game if Kadra had come on, or McAtee, or, or Doyle, or whatever. I'm quite confident to say that we wouldn't have lost it because. Bernie did nothing to to influence us getting a point, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So this is in a, in a funny roundabout way. This is why I feel quite optimistic still after mm. yesterday and after our start to the season is because it's like I feel there's a lot of things where you can sort of go, well, how about if we did this differently, which is quite an easy thing to do differently, then we should probably be better. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I have faith that the uh, you know manager and you know the the team will will sort that out, and you know as players come back from injury and hopefully. I was open last season with the the sort of drifting through games, and maybe I put too much emphasis into it. I was thinking they've had a lot of games, as we know, we had to cram a lot of games into a short space of time. Was it just a case of let's just be solid, get out of here with a point because you know the players are knackered, if you know what I mean. Mm. But it's as hung out at the Watford game again. I can sort of defend that approach because we were so injury stricken at the back. You just want to keep, you know, you want to protect that defence as much as you can. When you're two one up in a game, where, and you're coasting pretty much at that point, mm. I don't think there's any defence for it personally. Yeah, that's that's a good point. We were pretty much coasting, I think, at that point when it wasn't like, oh crap, we need to change this, otherwise they're going to equalise. Um, I think it gave them a, a foot in the door essentially. Um, mm. So, yeah, I, I just thought it was baffling all round, to be honest. I thought it was baffling that that was the first person to turn to. Slap back. Slap back. 
<laughs> yeah, I feel I feel like I've been like uh, overcritical here. To be honest, I think I think Heckingbottom could justifiably point to um, you know results over, since he took over, and our away yeah. record was fine. It was it was like completely mid table, and our home form was brilliant, and that's yeah. why we got in the playoffs. And that would get us in the playoffs again this season. Average ho- yeah. average away form, good home form. Maybe that's what his, uh, you know, what his approach would be. But it's a risky one, though, isn't it? It's very Warnocky, which I don't it's like. Fair. I remember like going to away games under Warnock. You're thinking, I don't even know why I've come <laughs> because we never <laughs> used to win away under Warnock ever. Blackwell <laughs> or another one, and never seemed to win away under him either. I think we can be better. That's that's where my frustration yeah. comes from. It's a bit like we were saying about Baldock. It comes from a place of love. I I believe we can be better um, in how we approach some of these games away from home, particularly. So. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get there because I think, yeah, like I said, there's there's a lot that we I didn't feel we did right yesterday uh, or didn't quite go for us, and uh, we still drew two all with a team that is, as you say, one of the promotion favourites. Our ex manager as well. Um, yeah, I keep seeing people as well say, oh, they're a mid table team, they're rubbish. I know they've had a difficult start, but that team were one of the top four, I think, once Wilder came in in terms of results, certainly top six. Yeah. I know they, they have, they've lost Tavernier and, and they need to bring plays in and stuff, but they're still a good side. They're, they're better than they're better than Millwall, for instance. I'd say. Yeah, I certainly think they'll be closer to the top six than uh, the Millwall will. Yeah, even with yeah. these early, early, early days of the season, I suppose. Um, but overall, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with the draw and the performance. Was was better than Watford, for example. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this. There was some stuff to excite me there, and I really hope we will see some of McAtee and uh, and Kadra in in coming weeks. It's kind of weird that how uh, did Kadra come on against Millwall? No, no, he didn't, did he? He's yeah. only come on against Watford. That were it. Yeah, did McAtee come on? I don't think he did, did he? Against Millwall? No, he's not. He's not played at all. Yeah. He obviously started against West Brom, which I didn't see. But yeah, <laughs> nobody saw apart from people. Nobody from saw. Yeah. Um, you know, did... I've not even watched the highlights of that game. That's how uninterested I am. <laughs> <laughs> he had a good game, apparently, McAtee. Um mm. I think he had a good chance, well saved or something, and uh, should have had an assist as well. But somebody fluffed the chance. So, yeah, mm. I hope we start to use those in the coming weeks. Should we talk quickly about Sunderland just to uh, wrap up? Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this one. I think it should be a really good atmosphere. It's going to be t- difficult. They've had a good start, obviously. Mm. Um, and I've got a few views, which I've unfortunately uh, written over by accident. I'm going to have to get them again. But um, yeah, they, they were <laughs> fairly... How do you do that so often? I, do, I do it all often. I don't You're know. Writing on like a blackboard or something? I think I've got like, I've got a really short attention span. So I'm doing like four things at once. So I'm writing a bit of stuff for Den Blades or something. I'm doing something else with this, doing these reviews for this music thing. And then I get confused and I, and I, <laughs> I copy and paste something over something and save it. But they are fairly confident because they've had a good start. But at the same time, they know it's going to be probably their most. Because they've had a, 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 I'm not saying easy start. But they've had a, an OK start, QPR, Coventry and Bristol City. You imagine all three of them are going to be mid-table, lower mm. mid-table maybe. Yeah, it is a good start, uh, particularly from an attacking point of view. I think they are the uh, the second highest open play XG, I think, and the most open play goals in the league. It's just going the other way, not so good. They have the third worst open play XG against. So, uh, yeah, good going forward, bad defensively has been their start. I think they've... It's uh, super small samples, obviously, but I think they're a bit fortunate to have seven points. But that's football, you know. You, sometimes you you draw a game, you 
you know, uh, you don't deserve to, or you win a game you don't deserve to. So <laughs> I think yeah. they, they're good. They're not like Blackburn, where you know they're top of the league and they've had like one shot on target in their three games. Or something. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. Did you see the stats yesterday for Blackburn? I think you actually sent them, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. This this got two on like 0.4 xG. They still have the lowest xG in the league, and uh, yeah, they're, they're the only team with 100% record, aren't they? Incredible. Impressive stuff. Um, <laughs> but that, that makes me not worry about them when we play them particularly. Yeah. Um, Ellie Sims has really caught the eye for Sunderland. Um, he's a striker that oh. we should be very wary of. He's, he's on loan from Everton, which makes me think they could probably use him, to be honest. <laughs> they, yeah. they don't have a forward at the moment. They've got Salomon Rondon, and that's about Rondon. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is uh, one of the early leaders for shots per night and XG per night as well. Obviously scored, um, scored a nice finish at the weekend and uh, away at Bristol City. As well, so um, yeah. Rod a... Stewart, obviously partner himself. Rod Stewart was that? Yeah, yeah. That's just a <laughs> joke. I'm sure no one's ever done that joke before. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. And uh, Sheffield Wednesday Slayer Patrick Roberts, part of uh, part of the team as well. Would he? Would he? If he started, do you think his name would get a little bit of a cheer when the, the Probably, yeah. I don't think he's starting the moment. Um, he's not. I think no. he's no. He's been on the bench. Pritchard, Pritchard, who played for. Norwich, amongst other sides, mm. he's getting on a bit now. He's had a really good start to the season. I think he's created something like football up there with like the most chances of any single player. Um, and he's bit—I must say—he's a journeyman, but he were a player. Where you, it seemed like we're on his way down the table, down the leagues rather than up. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, I think we're going to win this one, but um, it's uh, it, it's not going to be your, your standard newly promoted team coming to Bramall Lane. I don't think it's not going to be like Peterborough last season, for example. I, I do yeah. think it's going to be a uh, a pretty difficult and probably entertaining game, to be honest. As I said, they're very good going forward and they've been very open at the back. So, yeah, that, uh, that, that bodes well for an exciting game of football and hopefully uh, a win for the Blades in my first in-person game of the season after the, the debacle of uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> If we um, lose, you're gonna to have to go back to you're not not you have to get rid of your season ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to say about Sunderland? I mean, obviously, it's super early. I mean, we should probably talk about their last game actually. It's <laughs> the case yeah. anybody who's not seen it. Yeah, yeah, incredible that. Yeah, because I was watching Sky. Obviously, they were like, and 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 guess who scored for QPR? And I'm thinking, who? Charlie Austin's <laughs> not there. You know, I can't think of any other players. And obviously, with a goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, amazing! Like a brilliant header. He's seen it. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. That, that's what we need McBurney to do. We don't know about, <laughs> I should have brought him on. <laughs> yeah, probably would have done slightly more, slightly more, I guess. Um, wonderful looping out from the QPR goalkeeper. What I didn't realise, because I just saw that that clip and then I watched the highlights earlier because I, um, uh, I was just curious to see how they played, I suppose. Sunderland had a magnificent chance after this. Where the, yeah. Dieng, the keeper, made a brilliant save and then they smashed the rebound against the... Uh, underside of the bar from about six yards so they almost won anyway they almost um there's a fantastic clip going around of that where it's sort of a fan and he's doing a vlog but it's almost put the best bits together Sunderland fan and obviously the keeper scores and he's all oh, I can't, can't believe it then obviously then they hit the post and hit the bar <laughs> everyone's like score I can't believe it. then the next one it's just him at his home just looking at the camera shaking his head for about a minute <laughs> <laughs> sorry I said they had seven points sorry they, they drew their first game didn't they so they've got, they've got yeah commentary. I have to admit I, I, that's the only time I've seen them and I weren't impressed with them in that, that particular match but first game you know new division yeah. um, and then they get uh, yeah I think it'll be tough I don't think 
I obviously picked him to go up, thinking that that momentum might carry on, and I suppose it has to a degree. Realistically, that's a massive outside shot for me. But I, I again, I, I won't be surprised if the top ten at least. Yeah, all the same because uh, I feel like I've bigged up every one of our opponents so far this season, but with some justification. Um, mm. But I would, I would say this is probably a tier down from uh, the three teams that we've played in the league so far in terms of. Maybe not in terms of where they're going to finish, but in terms of like how much problems they're likely to cause us. Like Millwall always seem to cause us massive problems, and then yeah. I think Watford obviously had the uh, you know that great front three at that point. Although yeah. they've, they've signed some good players as well to replace mm-hmm. the outgoing ones, and then uh, yeah, Middlesbrough are probably going to be up near the uh, top six as well. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. So I don't know what kind of. Uh, Turn out Sunderland are going to have. They usually travel very well, and obviously, I imagine they've sold out. I, I, mm. I've not seen it, but I imagine they will have. Yeah, they're in a better place, uh, I guess, for in terms of the atmosphere around the club than they were last time they came here. Yeah. They, they did the old back-to-back relegations, didn't they? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super Jack Rodwell them. playing for him. The Jack Rodwell Derby. Wow, <laughs> was he really that day? Wow. Uh, I don't know if they were playing for him that day. We were at the club, so obviously we're on uh, Sunderland until I die. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. It's Boxing Day, right? Or day Boxing box? Day, yeah, yeah. I missed that. We're at right away. They've got Boxing Day. Ridiculous. And uh, Yeah, we'd just come off the back of a couple of bad results, and then we were 3-0 up after about 60 minutes, I think. Uh, George Lord Bulldog Lund- scored. Bulldog scored, Lundstrom, and a- was Stearman the other one? I believe Stearman, yeah. I think he might have got uh, a... Yeah. Three unlikely goal scorers there. I suppose Lundstrom, not, not really, but... Uh, yeah, I, can't, I can't picture Lundstrom's goal, actually. I can picture the other two very clearly, but... Uh... Yeah, that I oh, I think it's like a pullback and he first-timed it in, maybe. By yeah, the way, because so he came up with my uh, YouTube recommendations, if anyone is feeling a bit down about getting a point at uh, <clears throat> Bristol City, I went through the, uh, the the goals of the Nigel Atkins season last oh, night. Uh, yeah, it, it only goes up to December, <laughs> and they've got rid of the rest of them. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so if anyone wants to see some absolutely appalling football and just realise how far we have actually come on in, the space of five or six years or whatever it's been then yeah take a look at that absolutely awful honestly I mean there's a Scunthorpe put on a 25 minute highlight package I think it were you know when the beaters on the final day <laughs> because obviously they got in the playoffs that, that day so it's one of their most memorable games and I didn't watch it all but I watched like a bit of it and I was like oh god are you, are you okay am I going to have to make an intervention it <laughs> makes me feel better looking at how bad things could have been it's like that's why I listen to Joy Division because you yeah. think, well, a bit down, but it could be worse. Like, it's what you could have lost. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Um, one final thing this week, or a couple of final things. Uh, we have a new away kit, obviously. Uh, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit meh on this, but you really like it, don't you? I really like that away kit, yeah. Um, I like the new thing that's come out as well, the, mm. the black one and the goalkeeper. So I think they've all been really good kits. I'm not going to buy any because I don't. So yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's easy for me to sit here and say, oh, they're all amazing. What's everyone going on about? Because like, I'm not going to buy them, so I'm not, I don't know the quality. But I really I really liked it. And I think it looks even better watching us in it yesterday, personally. But it is a very Marmite one. Yeah, I'm a bit male on that away kit. That's... Mm. Uh... It just makes me think. Of, I like. I'd lump it in the sort of white John Holland shirt. From oh, that's harsh. That is very harsh. That yeah, one. Yeah, it's, it's not. I don't think it's bad. I'm just like, eh, that, that feels like completely forgettable. Away People say we can't play in it. By the way, as well. Um, like I said, when we played against teams in red or white or whatever, we played against Swansea last season away from home in red and white. Yeah. yeah so. I think there's only going to be a couple of games, maybe three, where we have to wear the black kit, which will be probably uh, go on Sunderland, Sunderland Stoke. Yes, yeah. yeah, Sunderland Stoke and 
whoever else plays in red and white. Yeah, nobody, nobody springing to mind right now. Um, yeah, nice though. The goalie shirts, the away and third keeper shirts are really nice. I think. I think yeah. I actually probably would consider buying one of those, I think, which is... Cool. Lucky Wes. It was a bit Simon Moore's gutted. <laughs> <laughs> Doing all his modelling, and then these beautiful goalkeeper kits come along, and he's he's too busy making errors for Coventry. <laughs> <laughs> Wes looks Spat great, by the way. Wes has, Wes has stepped into the Simon Moore modelling the kit yeah. um, very nicely. He's a good-looking bloke in uh, modelling <laughs> those clothes, I think. Um, I mean, he made a really bad start to the season, Simon Moore. Um, it would... I don't know why I get off, often get tweets from Coventry fans. I think it's because I argued with one once about a year ago. So always going for my feed, and a load, load of them are saying he needs to be dropped. So, oh dear, Sam mm. I like Sam Moore. Um, another player I sort of like, just a bit less affectionately. Uh, and we'll just finish on this note. Lise Mousset has a club. How are Lise Mousset and Oli Burke playing in the Bundesliga this season? My estimation of that league has gone massively downhill this season. <laughs> I'm fascinated to see how he does. He's, he's got a two-year contract at Bochum of the Bundesliga. Two years is, yeah. is really, really risky. At least Oli Burke normally is going to be fit. I know he had an injury yeah. last season, but he's not got an history record, you know, an injury record of... A history of injury records, should I say. But, yeah, yeah I think that's very, very generous from Bochum to, uh, to do that, to, to give that to Moose. And just the fact that it's a... So he's gone from a championship club to a Serie A team. And all right, they were bottom of Serie A when he joined them. Um, but still a Serie A team. And then to a Bundesliga team. I, I, I'm really surprised. I thought he would be looking at like a potentially a French second division team or something I like thought, that. Like a yeah, tier below. Pop, yeah, I thought Not even a big a five. Team. So again, sorry. I thought even maybe even a part-time team. I think it's suiting down to the ground being a part-time player. Yeah, but yeah, I really thought that we were talking French second division is exactly or somewhere. I don't know some league that you never even think of, like the the Malta league or something like that. Yeah, Belgian league. Not yeah. to. I don't mean this disrespectfully for those leagues. It's just for him to turn up at a, a you know one of the big five European leagues is. Is really surprising to me. The, the, um, but the guy's obviously got talent. That's the tragedy, isn't it? Because mm. he's obviously has got, uh, and I suppose that's how he gets his contract. Because people are looking at his performance, you know, for us against Man United, and think if we can keep him like we did. Yeah. And Bournemouth fans said the same when we when we signed him. They were saying, you know, he's never going to be fit. We were like, oh yeah, but if we can get him fit, and it never happens. So yeah. maybe maybe Bochum have been able to structure this in terms of like. You know, you have to meet certain milestones to get mm-hmm. like all your contract. Basically, you know, they they got him. Uh, I mean, he's been out of contract for what two months, something like that. So it's gonna be even more unfit. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking more in terms of like contract leverage. So maybe that yeah. two year contract is like, okay, this yeah. is our commitment to you. We'll give you a two year deal, but if you yeah. don't play uh, X amount, then you're only getting X amount of your contract. So maybe maybe that's how it works. And um, yeah, it was a a better offer than. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe smaller teams essentially weren't willing to commit to him financially uh, in that way. So um, yeah, yeah, good luck to him. I, I, I like Moose. Uh, I'm incredibly frustrating, obviously, in what little we got out of him. But what little we did get out of him was very, very memorable. And uh, yeah, I hope he goes on and has a good season, even though it obviously has no benefit to us anymore. And maybe it would be slightly frustrating if he goes and plays like every game in the Bundesliga and scores 15 goals or something. But uh, I won't hold yeah. my breath. Yeah, uh, like I said, but not, it gave me some great memories. It, it, that period in the Premier League where we were genuinely going toe-to-toe with the best sides 
in England outside Liverpool, Man City, anyway. Like Man United, you know, uh, 3-3, Tottenham 1-1 away. Ahmed Burnley at home, we were top, top six the season before, wherever it were. Just for anywhere, a massive part of that. And I don't think we ever got back to that level. And I think you were a big part, big reason why we never got back to that sort of football. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll keep an eye on uh, Bochum's results, to be honest, just to uh, see how it's getting on. I saw old Burke scored like a 95th-minute yeah. equaliser the other day as well, so yeah. I imagine yeah. he's a popular... popular. Where, where is he, excuse me? Is it Wolfsburg? Wolfsburg, yeah. Is he no, free Bremen. now? Bremen, and it's Sky Sports have got Bundesliga, aren't they? I'll, I might be, Hopefully they put on the Wolfsburg-Bochum game. I can't see it, but... <laughs> it's Bremen, excuse me, not Wolfsburg. Oh, is it Brennan? Sorry, yeah, yeah. Brennan, yeah. Werder yeah. Bremen. Uh, yeah, that's it, mate. Uh, we're going to wrap up there. I think so. Well, at least you've, you've got yourself a new a new club. I hope you hope you get some football while you're there. Um, <laughs> what what you got to plug the Middlesbrough uh, view from was quite a uh, fairly fairly benign. I thought fairly fair. Yeah, they've always been quite sound Middlesbrough fans. To be fair, normally quite depressed. Um, very much like our fans, uh, but I think they were quite happy. I think they they. Thought they thought they shaded it a lot of them, and I think we shaded it, which is the bias of football fans. Mm. So probably to say it's a draw. So, um, but they, yeah, they're always they're always okay. I think there were a few problems yesterday. I think I mean I weren't there, but obviously a bit of fan disorder, which is obviously yeah, someone ridiculous. run on the pitch or something. Yeah, yeah someone ran on the pitch. Apparently, uh, Rob State and said he had the IQ of a biscuit, <laughs> 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 which is a fantastic quote. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, they were all right. They were all right, at Middlesbrough. And I'll um, so that's out now. And I'll I'll probably do the Sunderland one tomorrow night to give them a bit more chance to to get some comments in because at the moment they're all just talking about the QPR game and how their keeper scored. Yeah, the IQ for biscuits. But you're always... obviously you're you you've got a you you're doing a preview, aren't you? Oh uh, yeah, that's so... true. Actually, yeah, I uh, I, I chatted to uh, Graham of the uh, What the Folk podcast, F A L K, which is a Sunderland fan podcast uh, this afternoon that's out now actually I, I retweeted it earlier uh, yeah. if you want to listen to me talk about United for half an hour and a little bit about Sunderland as well it'd be um, funny if you did that one and it were completely opposite to what you said on here like Eckenbottle got it spot on <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I did that but yeah that, that, that would be pretty funny to be fair I'm now thinking of IQs of biscuits like do they differ yeah. based on brand? Like, what would be the most intelligent biscuit? There you know, go, Hal. If, if Hal's listening, this feels like a Hal tweet. What uh, What is yeah. the most intelligent brand of biscuit? There you go. I expect to see that on your Twitter very soon, Hal, if you listen to this. That's what I'm, I'm intrigued by this, yeah. If anyone's got any particularly intelligent biscuits they've met, then let us know, yeah. <laughs> right, well, we will leave it there, mate. Uh, that is Roy'sViewFrom.com. Uh, follow you at Panchero, obviously. Follow me uh, at BladesPod. Uh, go read the pinch as well. There was a good thing today about yeah. um, Wilder's record against United. That was that was the first point that Chris Wilder has taken against Sheffield United. I, I read it. Yeah, I've been saving them up the pinch because I'm going away in a couple of weeks, and I'm, yeah. I'm saving a couple up to, to read actually while I'm, while, while I'm away. Um, it can get a bit dull to be honest in Scarborough, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I've saved a couple. But I did want to read that one. Yeah, really, uh, really surprised me. It's almost like as if he lets us win. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that is definitely where we're going to lead it before we leave it before we we get too litigious or whatever. Say something too controversial. Um, um, oh, bang on an hour as well. Check that out. Beautiful scenes. Um, nice one, mate. Well, I will. All being well, I will see you in the pub on uh, on Wednesday. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks for giving up your time to do this podcast. I will see you then. Yep, I'll see you later, mate.